0: This is Harjit and Mick Fletcher of the PowerShell News Podcast, and we're here live at Microsoft Ignite 2018 in Orlando, Florida. Hey Mick. Hey Harjit. Isn't this a great day here? Oh my God, it's been great. The last couple of days has been fun, has been exciting, lots going on, and
1: uh, yeah, and it's great to uh, meet up with old friends and stuff like that too. Oh, absolutely. It is uh, phenomenal here. I we can. Uh, we're here in the recording sound booth. You can hear all the enthusiasm outside of us here, and I'm just, just excited.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. And so, you know, uh, g- g- going into the uh, PowerShell stuff, there's lots going on with PowerShell here at Microsoft Ignite, and uh, and we're also very excited. Uh, we have a special guest with us here. You want
1: to go ahead and introduce him? Yes, we do. Uh, we have Michael Bender. He is uh, sitting here in the booth with us, and um, we're honored that um, he decided to speak. Michael, yeah. welcome, Michael.
2: Good morning, guys. How are you doing today? Good. It's an awesome day here at Microsoft Ignite. The floor is packed. <laughs> so it's a they really did an awesome job with setting up the uh, the expo area with the the learn the community areas and going right. into the Hangout, it just makes it a really, really cool space that you can really do whatever you want. You can make it your own conference. If you want to go to breakout sessions, you right. can. If you <coughs> want to go see the vendors, you can do so many different things and just make the experience your own. It's, it's Yeah,
0: the idea swap session uh, uh, area is also really, really exciting. I mean, people are just creating their own little sessions and. People are showing up and having the little discussions and things like that. The community central later is really fun too. I mean, you know, it's a good meetup location and to do some work and yeah. It's, so yeah, it's good to have you, uh, Mike.
2: Thanks for having me on. It's, it's awesome to get, get to hang out with uh, people in the community and, uh, you know, you see people across the internet and whether it be Twitter or Facebook and things like that, but it's always good to hang out with, uh, with people in person. You know, especially you know, things have changed a little bit for me in the last three months. I just started at uh, Microsoft, so I'm working in Azure engineering. I work on a new team. It's a cloud advocates team. So my official title is a cloud ops advocate. So cloud basically, ops. I am an advocate for everyone to get into Azure and specifically the operations community which is really that's a community that I've been in for the last two decades. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. close to my heart. M- many of the people that are in the crew are in that community. So, we put together an amazing team of people that's all we're all engaged with communities. We're all really here for to simply help people with their careers because careers are a big thing for me and I was talking about this at the crew party. <coughs> what I think is so important, yeah, I'm advocating for you to get to Azure, but you need to get to the cloud. Yeah. If you're not, if your career isn't moving to something in the cloud in five years, your career is not a career anymore, except for maybe some fringe things that, you know. Right, it's a
0: career suicide, really. It,
2: it it really is a place that you need to be. So. While our t- you know, we want you to be in Azure because we think we have great solutions for every level of organization. Mm-hmm. But I want your career to be successful. Right. How, do go- you,
0: how do you get someone uh, to get started with Azure if they haven't?
2: You know, there's a number of different ways. So we just released this week Microsoft Learn, which is a new platform. It's free, you go to learn.microsoft.com and it provides you guided learning paths that you can walk through. So there's an intro to Azure one. There's a number of different ones that are on there now, and those are gonna continue to have more information there. So that's a place that you can start. Uh, We also have, there's a, and I'll leave some links for you that we can put on the show notes, that uh, we have a relationship with Pluralsight. You can go out and get your role IQ for free, and then there'll be a a proctored number of uh, free uh, courses that you oh, can take fantastic. from, from, from Pluralsight. Awesome. And really one of the things as being one of those people where I grew up in the era with, you guys remember the uh, TechNet subscriptions? Yes. Oh Yes. I mean, TechNet along with a desktop virtualization, that was like Legos for geeks. You just install <laughs> stuff, you build stuff. Nowadays it's a little bit more challenging with the cloud. It's like you go into the Azure portal and it's like, Wow. Where do I start? Yeah. So what I recommend people doing is figure out what area you want to go into. You don't want to just say, hey, I want to learn Azure. That's, I mean, that's... It's too wide. It's right. too wide. Yeah. The, like, let's say you're an organization and you're looking to move some stuff into the cloud. You want to dip your toes into it. I think the perfect solution is looking at IaaS, looking at a VM. Look to move an yeah. application server up that, and a straight... On-prem to Azure VM. Best way to start: go to docs.microsoft.com. Yep. Go into Azure. Boom, boom, boom. You'll see create virtual machines. Whether you want to do Linux virtual machines, Windows virtual machines, Docs is the best place to go because that's all updated documentation. And if you don't know, it's all based on GitHub. Right. So mm-hmm. we treat documentation as code. Right. We believe that documentation is as port as important as the products that we build. And one of the big things, I think both of you are well aware of this, is that we are invested in building products for you, our customers. We also want you in the process. We're not building things in vacuums. So like the documentation, we want you to come out to Docs and, and, give you can, us and you feedback. can edit those documents, right? Absolutely. If you find
0: mistakes or corrections and things like that, you can do that.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an off, awesome space to be able to do that. So yeah. that's some, you know, some beginning things. And I like to tweet a lot of stuff and put yeah. a lot mm-hmm. of stuff out there as far as uh, how to get started. But you can always just ping me on Twitter, at Michael Bender. I'd be happy to provide you information on how to get started. Right. Well, so
1: I know we're going to have some um, uh, new users listening to this. So uh, tell us a little bit about the crew for those that might not know what that is. Okay,
2: the the Crew is a global user group and w- we have a Twitter account, but mostly we're in a, uh, it's a pri- it is a it is a private group on Facebook but anybody can join. You just have to, to request go out to the request. We'll put the link in the show notes so that you can link out there. And it's basically just a, it's a group of like-minded people. We all love technology. We all work in some space of technology. Most of us are in the operations area, but we have developers in there as well. We we, right. we love everybody. We're, we're diverse. Yeah. We're inclusive. And it's a great place for people to network. Uh, it was amazing. before the Right before the show, I had two people come up that I'd never met before. And one has never been to our meet and greet event, but he's been going since Atlanta, which was a number of years ago. And we talked, and he, he was like, I just wanted to thank you for... The crew, because yeah. it's been so helpful as a networking place. And yeah. and I love yeah. when people come up to tell me that because that's always been the goal. It's always been a way to create community, a place where people can connect with each other, where they can network. Because right. every day I see people connecting with each other. They'll put up a, hey, I've got this problem with X, Y, Z. And then the next thing you know, people are jumping in with, hey, have you tried this out? Have you tried that out? I call it the best rolodex that you can't buy
1: absolutely right. i mean uh, i had that just last night i was out uh, eating dinner with a couple of guys that um, i casually knew and we brought up some uh, issues with windows updates and it was instant they said oh i know exactly what right, you need to right, do right. and who you need to get up in touch with and yeah and
0: the, the, and the crew is also more uh, you know you can form it into like the mentor mentee kind of a thing too because mm-hmm. you know people have problems and then others are helping out kind of a thing um, and yeah, it's it's a great resource and I've, I'm a big advocate of it, obviously. So let's talk PowerShell. And um, so yesterday we had uh, Jeffrey Snover at the PowerShell social uh, meetup in the evening. Um, he was very popular. <laughs> Definitely. Was, um, yeah, there was a line. There was a line, <laughs> yeah. And um, and yeah, and uh, Mike, uh, you know, you uh, uh, an instructor uh, for PowerShell at your previous uh, uh, job and stuff. Did you want to talk about uh, uh, the things you've done? And
2: Absolutely. So the the first thing I just want to say is that if you haven't learned PowerShell, you need to learn PowerShell. <laughs> That's all you need to know. No. Um, <laughs> as an instructor for a number of years, I've been you know, a big proponent of PowerShell. I've done, a, done a, some courses on PowerShell and uh, I taught that at the college. And you know, the biggest thing that I can think say for PowerShell is the, really the key to it is you need to learn how to use the shell to find the information that you're looking for. There's three key commands, git-help, git-command, and git-member. Using those, you really get to understand what's in there. So for my students, I'm like, the first day of class, we talk about, do not go out to search for your problems. Right. The reason is, a good example was, I had a a class where students would have to write PowerShell code to, to build Active Directory users. I would have students go, hey, how does this work? I would look at it they were using the Quest tools. <laughs> so the problem is, when you go search for it, you don't know what version of PowerShell you're using unless <laughs> you go in the console. Right, And I would tell them, I'm like, well, what you're trying to do is in the box. If so all of the Active Directory stuff was in the box, but because they didn't look in the box, they went outside the box, they they found all the wrong answers so all the answers are really in there and it's just a matter of searching and finding and playing uh, with
1: which also uh, leads us to it's also critical that you have the minimum version of powershell installed of being uh, version three because that's where you get the update dash help and absolutely microsoft updates right. that in the background on a consistent basis absolutely
0: and the, the other the other thing uh, you brought up a good point about that too um, you know even things like uh, active directory administrative center you know, instead of using a traditional um, AD user and computer um, uh, module, there we use uh, ADAC, and you know anything that you're trying to do, let's say create a new user or disable an account or change a password, they'll give you the code.
2: Absolutely, yeah. you <laughs> go right down to the PowerShell history, and it's, it, it's it's all there.
0: Right, and then you can make a script out of it.
2: Yep, <laughs> I we would do that in class. I would I would walk through and I would I would show them that, and I would I would tell them I'm like, you know. W- one of the things that I was a big proponent of is that we're working in PowerShell, but whenever we were working on the server, I always wanted them to have the tools there. Right. Because especially for people that are learning right away, I want them to build the stuff in PowerShell. We, we verified in PowerShell, but then I always go over to the GUI because that's what they're comfortable with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that they can go and we can go, oh, see those users and groups we just created? you verified them in the shell but let's just go over to the place you normally see them in yeah. to verify that they're actually there. And it gives them that connection between to know that, okay, this is what I'm doing in the, in the shell is actually working. Because that is the greatest barrier for most people when they're dealing with it, is that they're s- they've been so mm-hmm. used to using the GUI that when they get to the command prompt that the one thing that I tell students like DHCP for example, when you're going through the DHCP wizard to create a new scope, yeah, most people don't realize you know, right in the middle when they ask you, do you want to add additional options, yes or no, they think of that as one lo- long process, but it's actually multiple processes. Okay. If you have to do that with PowerShell, it's multiple commands in order to do all that. And that the GUI really hides all of these things happening in background. So, if you look at creating a user through ADAC, yeah. you'll see that it's multiple PowerShell commands that are actually doing that, and it's that's another important concept for people to understand with PowerShell, is that it's singular focused, it's singular task right. focused. So, if you're doing a complex task, you're gonna have multiple commands you need to use, mm-hmm. because there's not one command to you know, add dash all things
1: <laughs> well one of, one of the things that you mentioned earlier, the get dash member um, yes, that is critical in this because when I first started learning powershell and let 's say I did a um, get dash ad computer, I would see the output on the screen and I had no idea that there was so much more data available than just what it initially displayed. And that's actually I was speaking over the University of Tampa on Friday to the computer science department and that was one thing that a lot of them in there did not even know about, that there were so many more options available uh, in PowerShell. So yeah, I agree with you, that is a critical. Yep,
2: and and for those of you that are semi-new to PowerShell, what Git-Member <coughs> does is it exposes all of the properties and everything in the background to the data that's coming through the pipeline. And that's oh, another yeah. critical thing that's really important about PowerShell. Mm-hmm. This isn't like something like Perl or another language that's all text-based. Yeah. PowerShell is object-based. So when you're dealing things, your objects have properties. So you're dealing with, you know, if you think about it in the real world, let's say you do something called get dash fruit You get a bunch of fruit, and then you can put that in the pipeline. Each of those pieces have of fruit have properties. So like an apple is red and it might be a specific shape. It may be, you might peel it or not peel it. Those are all properties and then you can work with those properties in the command line as you're working with your data. And that is so critical to understand so that when you're learning PowerShell, it doesn't, you don't have to learn all of the commandlets. That's the first thing I tell people. Do not try yeah. to learn all the commandments. What you need to learn is you need to learn how to find the information. So if you know how to use git-process and then say pipe it into another command, let's just in this case say out-file that puts it into a file. Mm -hmm. You can, if you understand how the data's going through, how the objects are working through there, you can go and do something like git Active Directory users where they're all from a specific city and create the mailboxes on them. Right. That's a very that's a complex thing, but it's the same sort of structure because you're working with everything in the same pipeline. And as long as you understand how that process works and you're able to find all of the commands, you are going to be on well on your way to being able to do much of the things that most common admins do. Right. You know, once you get into the, you know, hey I'm using DSC desired state configuration to you know put configurations on on my servers whether they're on-prem or in Azure or ARM templates and getting JSON and all of those sorts of things that you, right. you get more complex but if you're starting out those things need to be nowhere near your scope because you can really get this like deer in the headlights thing with PowerShell. Right. So you just start out with the basics and you're going to be totally set,
1: and then just build from there. Yep. Right. And you made a good point there too. I mean, um, uh, on that, I, I mean, I totally agree with you. What are the uh, uh, resources uh, for people
0: to uh, look at and to start diving into the basics and,
2: and then So, if you want to get started, so let we're we're just going to talk uh, talk about ground zero. Right. If you are a ground zero, maybe you've maybe you've taken some commands over, you've thrown them into the shell, maybe you've gone and watched a little video on something, and you've done something, but you have no idea what you really did. What we used to do back in the old days with Perl. I went through a five-day Perl class. I have no idea what Larry Wall was doing with that language, (laughs) (laughs) but he didn't care. But I simply would paste things in based off of somebody else's code. That's what we've been doing for years. Yep. You want to start with a great resource. The best resource out there is Learning PowerShell in a Month of Lunches by Don Jones and Jeff Hicks. Yes. It's it's the library. It is what I taught all my classes based on. Whenever anybody asks me, I go, have you read the Month of Lunches? They're like, no. Go read the Month of Lunches, do the work, put in the time, you will learn the basics of PowerShell and how to use it. Then there's a PowerShell scripting from Don and Jeff that's another book, both of those are from Manning they do great books. Yeah. Jeff and Don also have a number of books on Lean Pub as well.
0: Oh, those are awesome. Right? So yes. So,
2: there's yeah. a PowerShell for noobs, which is an awesome book as well that's on Lean Pub. So, probably the best way if you read anything by Don Jones and Jeff Hicks, you're on the right track. You're on
0: the right track. Yes. The
2: other things you can do is you can go out to powershell.org. That's the home of the PowerShell community. The PowerShell community is probably I'll say on the operations side, one the strongest community that I've seen. The PowerShell community is one of the main contributors. They build PowerShell. PowerShell wouldn't be where it is today without all of the contributions from members of the community. So PowerShell.org right. is, even if you're brand new to PowerShell, that's where you ask your questions. There's hundreds of MVPs and, and uh, product group members and PowerShell, you know evangelists and people that love PowerShell that are out there and ready to answer your questions and then they're ready to share their information so PowerShell.org is a really great place to to look as well
1: that's a good tip yeah well another place that uh, I find is uh, great for PowerShell is if you go on Facebook and you go to the PowerShell group Uh, there are several PowerShell groups there but find the one that has the most uh, subscribers to it and you can go on there, and within minutes, you're getting answers to questions you'll have on PowerShell. That's a great group. And LinkedIn also, right. the groups.
0: But I think in, in groups like that, uh, what I often find, uh, which kind of annoys uh, people that, you know, who are, who are experts and stuff like that, is that people will come in, they just want someone to solve their problem. Yes. So it's like, hey, I need this. Can someone give me a script? And it's like, wait, what did you try? Yep. Just uh, tell us. Did you uh, show us something that you've tried, and then we can guide you that way? That's
1: a much better approach than just, "Hey, help me." And we see that a lot.
2: Yeah,
0: we do. Yeah.
1: You're right. And uh, and and, I mean, I go back. So I, I here's a, here's a little story from uh, just recently. So um, the last company I worked at, that's when I really started hitting PowerShell up hard. And uh, some of my first scripts, I mean, I would be ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> to To share them, but uh, one of my uh, old colleagues emailed me and he says, "Hey, can you look at this script and uh, tell me what it does, how it works?" And I looked at it and I'm like, "Oh no, I can't believe I wrote this." But you know what? That's how you learn. Yes. Yep. It, the script worked. Granted, it was not great in the least, right. but it worked. And don't be ashamed of it. I
2: Absolutely. mean, a lot of people
1: expect. Perfection right on the start and you're not going to get that well. It's like anything. It's
0: like taking um, capturing photos right you you started off with a camera, you know five ten years ago, and you thought the picture was good And some people thought it's good, but today when you look at it. They're like "Oh, I could have improved Right, (laughs) you know the contrast or the (laughs) so it's the same thing. You know we, we learn as we go along absolutely Yeah, so um what about him, uh, Mike? At uh, at Ignite, um, uh, who should people actually pay attention to and meet up? And not necessarily speakers, uh, uh, but you know your recommendations that they should absolutely try to connect with and stuff like that.
2: You know, there 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 are a number of people that you should definitely check out. So, uh, you know, we have people like Joey Iallo, and some of these are going to be speakers. So, you know. Joey leads up PowerShell Core, and you know you'll always see him. He's the one that makes the big announcements for PowerShell Core, and you know he's a big part of the community. Yeah. Of course, Jeffrey Snover, everybody wants wants to meet. <laughs> Even though Jeffrey, that's no longer his group, he is still he's still the father of PowerShell, he's still, and yes. he's still heavily involved with it, and so. If you can catch his unplugged on Wednesday with Jason Helmick,
0: oh, that's and a good I'm one. I'm going to give out a
2: plug out for Jason, even though he's trying to be under the radar at the <laughs> conference. No, he, he should know that if he's if he's speaking with Jeffrey Snover, that he's definitely not being under the radar. You know, guys like Tyler Lender, Leonard, um, Alexander, Nicolik, um, yes, lots mm-hmm. of great people having lots of great sessions, and probably one of the best places is just. Pop on over by the the product, the PowerShell product group booth over in the uh, the yeah, Microsoft yeah. sh- showcase, yeah. and you know just talk with some of the people there. You know there's a lot of lot of great sessions out there. You can go through the 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 expert finder too. You can right. just go into the expert finder, type in PowerShell, find out who's here, because then you'll find some of the MVPs and and other people. Right. You know. Go talk to you guys. You guys are PowerShell (laughs) experts. So, you know, find Harjeet and Mick and give them all your, you know, complex questions. But while you're at Ignite, while there's not a huge amount of content for PowerShell and automation, there is some really good stuff. So, tomorrow is a really good day. Tomorrow on Thursday, so Wednesday and Thursday are really good days for PowerShell. So, tomorrow morning, if you're going to see one session, apologies to everybody else, you go see Jeffrey. Um, Power Unplugged with Jeffrey Snowvern and oh, Jason Oh, that's Helman. a lot of fun, yes. actually. Yes. And you know, people might be thinking, "Oh, Don Jones usually gets with Jeffrey Snowver. Is it going to be the same?" It's absolutely going to be the same because Jeffrey and Jason have been doing they work have together the chemistry, forever. and they have they yes. did they did right. two MBA courses that were absolutely amazing. They do a lot of meetups and things. They do a lot of talks together. Yeah. So it's going to be it's going to be great. And, and it's awesome watching Jeffrey because he practices that whole finding <laughs> the stuff within PowerShell. You'll learn so many things, so many new things during their session, but what you'll also realize, these people that we, ho- we put up on a pedestal they're just like all of they're us. They're just like all of so us. So yes. you'll see Jeffrey there. He's he's putting in the wrong commands. He's having to <laughs> yeah. search for it. He's putting in the wrong alias. He's you know.
0: He, he did that at the mechanics thing yesterday. So. Yep.
2: <laughs> and and so you know that these are real people. And then uh, tomorrow as well, there's what's new in PowerShell. So that's a oh, really yes. good one. So Hamant and Joey from the, from the PowerShell product group are gonna be leading that one. Okay. so That's gonna be a really good one to find out what all the cool new things coming in out with PowerShell, PowerShell are. And then Thursday's got a number of breakout sessions as well. Um, I would really make sure to catch um, the, the breakout uh, PowerShell core, any platform, any cloud, because it's so critical yeah. that as you're looking at PowerShell, that you're looking at PowerShell Core because that's really the future of where PowerShell is, and you know we've we have Windows PowerShell and we have PowerShell Core, right? And people often ask me, what's the difference between them? And really, the big difference between Windows PowerShell and PowerShell Core is what what's the different word in there? Windows. Windows. Mm-hmm. Windows PowerShell is designed specifically for Windows. So if you're an admin all you do is Windows. Windows PowerShell is perfectly set for you. Right. You'll have everything you need, all of the tools, all of the modules, everything will be good to go. When you start moving into a cross-platform world, say you have some Linux devices, say you have administrators that you want them to use PowerShell, but they're NX admins. PowerShell right. Core is for you. One of the things that we that I hear all the time is that, well, my tools aren't in PowerShell core, so I need to use Windows PowerShell. That is one of those things that over time, that is gonna get better and better and better. That one of the things that, you, that is important for everybody to know is that the PowerShell team at Microsoft does not create every single module that you have. So like, say you have the modules for Active Directory or Exchange, those are the responsibilities of coming out of the product teams. So with with PowerShell Core, it's the same thing. They s- they can't simply lift and shift the modules from what runs in Windows over to running in right, PowerShell to make Core cr-
0: cross platform. Yep.
2: Yeah. They have to be refactored. Right. And so you know, right now one of the one of the big asks from the PowerShell team is they want to hear from people. They want to know what are the what are your blockers. So w- how do people what do w- that?
0: How do people? You,
2: you, if you're here at Ignite, you go over to the right. product group, you, you let them know. I believe you could probably also let them know on Twitter. Yeah. I'll, I'll try to find that but out. The, but they c- could
0: also get through uh, uh, someone like you, right, through yep. uh, the Azure Ops team and stuff like that. Absolutely, right? they could right.
2: contact me. They could probably go out and put in feedback for PowerShell Core through, the, through doc to Microsoft.com or maybe even on the GitHub site. Right. I'm not sure exactly what the, the the correct way to get that in there, but I know, because I talked to the team yesterday, I know that's one of the big things that they're looking for. They do want to hear is, from you. Is they yeah. want to know what the yeah. what the critical, critical is probably not the best word, but they want to know what's the most pressing needs that you have to manage your environments so that they can make sure they're getting those Getting the traction on right. those to, to get those taken care of. So
0: if someone doesn't use, uh, is not a Linux admin and stuff like that, and they have obviously Windows, do you still recommend that they use PowerShell Core um, versus to you get to that to 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 get into that kind of process and into the new? Um
2: I do if if I were going to be teaching PowerShell again. I would be using PowerShell Core because I think it's, I think it's a good platform okay. for people to, to start working on. I think you should use both. And the, the thing that you have to remember is that Windows PowerShell, and PowerShell are, core are simply tools, right? So when mm-hmm. we're talking learning PowerShell, you're not learning a tool. You're learning underlying how it works.. Yeah. So if you, if you learn how it works underlying how the things we talked about before, how all that works, that's gonna translate up in the tools. The tools are gonna work a little bit differently and that's why it's a good reason to go to that session that Joey Joey's doing on PowerShell Core to learn more about that or also go out to the docs and, and read about it yeah. because there are some things that are different between those. So people coming from Windows PowerShell, if you've been using that for a while, we all know that there are things you cannot do because Linux is case sensitive. <laughs> that makes a big change in our world. If if <laughs> you're used to n- working in something that's not case sensitive. Yeah. So, that, so
0: when I'm doing my PowerShell stuff, I just don't bother with the, uh, the capitalization of you know. Uh, I just just type away in lowercase and I'll use a tab and. <laughs> but some people do. I mean, they they'll literally you know they'll follow that. I'm I'm <laughs> really good at
1: using the tab. Yeah. Partially partially type it in and just hit tab fill it in. Yeah.
0: So um, we've got about you know fifteen minutes left. Um, what are your favorite uh, commandlets? Uh, do you have anything specific? I've got one that, that I really like. Uh.
2: Favorite commandlet? <laughs> you know,
0: favorite one-liner, maybe.
2: <laughs> you know, I I'm going to give you my favorite parameter. Okay. When using using get-help. I love to shorten it to help because yes. what that does yes. is it is it builds it in so that it it basically puts it into more pipes it into more so that it allow it gives you the line break so you can okay. space bar and go through that. So with that, what I love is that I use git dash command or get dash help you can use to search for the command that I'm looking for. Right. And there's a lot of times where when I get the command, I know what the command does. Yeah. I don't need to read through the syntax, I don't need to go into the deep dive detailed properties of it. I want to see how it works. Right. So I put in dash examples and then it gives you all of the examples from from high level general to very specific on how to use that command. Right. A number of times with Active Directory commands, I've simply copied and pasted. I've taken the line from there. <laughs> I've thrown it into back when we were using the ISC, mm-hmm. retool that command and run it in my environment to see if it works. The using the examples that are built into the help in PowerShell, that is that's that's my favorite thing to do to to really and that's a that's a great way to learn PowerShell is right. to use those and look at the examples and try it out. The biggest thing that I I see for people is that. Unless you're doing your stuff in a production environment, there's really nothing you're going to really break with PowerShell. So like when you're looking at your verbs, get started with you using Git Bash. So that's the ones that are going to go out and get information for you. If you're doing anything with Git, you're not going to break anything. You're just simply pulling information in. The The most common thing that I see with people that their, their problem is hitting enter, <laughs> just hit the enter key, see mm-hmm. what happens. Often in class, I would, because I, I, I would use the Socratic method in my classes. If you're familiar with, this, with Socrates, that basically what that is, is that when somebody asks a question, you, you reply with a pointed question to try to direct them to the answer. So people would ask me, is this correct? I'm like, have you run it? They're like, no. I'm like push the enter key, <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> they push the enter key. Sometimes it works. Sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. doesn't yeah. When it doesn't, have you read the errors? No. Let's take a look at the errors. Let's see what it's, it's telling for us. And <laughs> that's one of the neat things, and that they, that's really been done in PowerShell since the beginning, is that the errors in there are much better than command.exe than what okay. we've had in in the past. Right, right, there right. are there are of course certain areas where some <laughs> of the Some of them just don't really make much sense. But for the most part, I find that if you look at the error, it'll really tell you. So like an active directory, I don't know the, I can't remember the specific uh, text of the error. There's one specific error. Every time I see it, I'm like, what that means is that it's telling you that it can't find the object that you're pointing to where you're trying to create that in the Directory structure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not located in there. It'll, it'll come up with a distinguished name. Right. So I know anytime anybody's trying to create anything in Active Directory, when that error comes up, the most common thing is that they haven't they haven't pathed it properly, so that it's not being cr- it's either created <coughs> in the wrong place, which most oftentimes is either a um, syntax of how they put the the, the destination path, or the destination doesn't exist right? because when you're using PowerShell, because remember we talked about PowerShell being single task, right? PowerShell isn't like doing stuff in the file system where when you create a file and put it in a, in a path down, it creates all the folders. Yeah. PowerShell doesn't do that. So if you're working in Active Directory and you want to create objects in Active Directory, you have to you have to path them to something that exists because right. it's not just going to go, oh, I'm just going to create <laughs> folders for you and all of that sort of stuff.
1: You know, uh, one thing that you um, kind of touched on there a minute ago, um, one thing I don't believe in in PowerShell is using aliases. And the reason yeah. is because if it's a new user, um, you, you know, if you if you use an alias, they're going to be like, what is this? Especially
0: in a script. Yes. Yeah.
1: And I, I kind of want to make all my scripts is easily readable to everybody of all levels, and to be honest, when I first saw aliases, when I first started in PowerShell, I was lost. I didn't even know what that was at first, and um, so yeah, that's one thing I stay away from.
2: Yep, I I've always taught, and I'm pretty sure I I'm pretty sure that I read this in uh, probably something Don or Jeff or somebody else uh, wrote or said. Is that I always tell people when you're writing scripts, you're not writing a script for yourself. You're writing the script for the next person to use it. Absolutely. And so that means putting in proper references. It means using proper coding hygiene. means using proper uses of white space and spacing. And
1: documentation. I'm I'm not going to get
2: into the tabs versus spaces argument because that's (laughs) just silly. But using those proper spacing and readability, because when it comes to when you're doing things in the the console, it doesn't, it, you know, that doesn't matter. But when you're doing when you're writing a script, to create white space between your lines, right, the editor doesn't care, right. As long as you have your braces and brackets and all of those things in line, which your editor will tell you, as long as you have it that way and you have it readable, it's going to be great and like along with the aliases everything should be spelled out. Yeah. Shouldn't be you mm-hmm. shouldn't be using positional parameters in your scripts. You should be you should be putting in all of the parameters because we may very well look at a script and know, oh yeah, I know what they're they're doing there. I know what that means and they're leaving that out. But for the next person coming along, yeah. They might not know that and that's another 5 or 10 or 15 minutes that they have to spend to to research that and figure out, oh, they were this what was they a parameter sure, yeah, that they right. were that they were trying to do. So when you're building your scripts, it's it's super important to 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 make sure you're you're using proper proper etiquette and hygiene yeah. in your in your codes. And you know, especially now in the day with, with repositories, you know, when you're putting your code up there, you want it to be you if you're gonna especially if you're gonna be using Git and GitHub or any of yeah. the other GitLab or other the repositories out there that if you're gonna put it public facing, you know that other people are gonna use it, so you wanna have it in a format. The other thing I like to say about scripts is, scripts are never done. Like you were, right. like you were saying before, Mick, is like you wrote this and you look at it and you're That's like, good oh point. my gosh, what, what was I writing? <laughs> All the time I see that. So I did this PowerShell course for Pluralsight a couple of years ago, and I've been looking at it again, it needs to get updated. And I'm looking at some of the stuff in there, and I'm like, oh, what was I thinking? <laughs> but, I mean, we're all at a specific places in a journey, and you learn so many new things. And, right. you know, you use that as a, it's not a, oh, what was I thinking? It's a, oh, now I have an opportunity to, to do some changes to, to take what I've learned since then <laughs> and be able to, to make things better. And then maybe somebody else comes in that you've taught PowerShell to, and they're like, hey, have you seen this? And you're like, oh my gosh, that is so cool. Well, here, here is what changed
1: me uh, a few years ago. So, I, I mean, I've been publishing, my blog's been around since 2011. Yeah. And <laughs> the first about two, three, maybe three and a half years, I would write PowerShell scripts, and it would be a new thing, nothing out there, nobody had written anything like this, and I'd just publish it on my blog. Well, it worked in the environment that I, I had. And of course, you know, as we know, all environments are different. There's going to be different um, differences (coughs) that they have to kind of modify. But back in those days, I wrote my scripts and just pushed them up there and I had the attitude of, hey, somebody can just take my script and use it. They'll have to know PowerShell and modify it and so forth. And then what really changed me was because I I started getting people saying, hey, it doesn't work on my network. I need uh, your help. And So what changed me was I wanted to start writing my scripts so that they were standardized. So that yeah, they're not going to work across all environments. There's probably going to be some modifications, but they're in a standardization, and they're easy to read, easy to modify. And I'm going to tell you that changed the world's difference on my blocks.
0: Yeah, and um, you mentioned about consoles. So we have, you know, the PowerShell, ISE, and then now VS Code.
2: VS yes, Code, yeah. Yeah.
0: So a lot. I know I'm seeing a lot of the shift to its VS Code and and ISEs miss. Uh, Getting deprecated and uh, down the road and stuff. So, what are your thoughts about that? About VS Code?
2: You know, I've <laughs> I've started using VS Code more. Uh, some of the work that I do at Microsoft, uh, we do documentation work all in markup. So, I use VS Code all the time for, uh. for doing documentation and markup. So, it's a it it's become the <laughs> platform of choice uh, for working with. However, I love the IDE. Yeah. And the you know. For me, when I was doing a lot of pr- uh, presenting of PowerShell, I'm a horrible typer, <laughs> <laughs> and so in my classes, I would have, I would bring up my code in the ISE and I would run it line by line, and it did a couple things. One, it allowed me to run the code properly so that people could see it, right. and two, my students had all of the code that I ran during class, and so I haven't fully f- made the move over to to, VS to, code. to do that yeah. in inside of VS Code. I also from the the GUI world, the intelli- the the IntelliSense that you have within the ISC and those other things that that just aren't in VS Code yet. Yeah. Um, that there's a lot of things in the ISC from a learning standpoint that from a learner that, that I think are really cool. But if you're if you're starting out, you should probably jump into VS Code. Make sure you're installing the the the, the PowerShell module, the PowerShell. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Extension in there. Right. Um, there's a number of other ones that people talk about, but I think if you're really starting out now, that VS Code's the way to go. Just go.
0: Des- just dive into it. Y- yeah, <coughs> just dive into it. So. Yeah. Well,
1: so, yeah, we have uh, just over two minutes. So, so I want to I want to mention one thing. Um, it's not here at Ignite, but coming up here on October 9th, I'm going to be in Chicago. I'm going to be going up there and. Uh, uh, Bonnie, um, I hope I'm pronouncing your last name (laughs) correctly, uh, Runamas is uh, uh, starting a brand new PowerShell user group in Chicago, and I'm gonna be up there speaking on PowerShell and System Center Configuration Manager, (laughs) and using it, and we're actually, I was talking to uh, Michael Green here, he is in the Chicago area, and he uh, said there's a good possibility he's gonna make it to our meeting also. Oh, cool. So this should be a great meeting, and everybody in Chicago that can come that's in PowerShell, Please come. Yeah,
2: and I may come down for it too. Oh,
1: oh. perfect.
2: Um, I'm not sure yet, uh, but I've been wanting to. I've been messaging Bonnie back and forth, and I'm hoping to to meet up with her here at uh, Ignite because we haven't met in person yet. Uh, but I have it on my calendar. It it'll depend on how my my week's looking. We are actually. I wish it was on Thursday, because <laughs> it would be perfect. Because my family were going, we going to Chicago for the, that weekend, oh. so it would be totally perfect. <laughs> we could go down on Thursday, I could do right. the thing, it, w- it would work out. But I'm going to see if I can, I can work it into my, work it on, into my schedule. If not, I am planning on, on hopefully supporting that group. Uh, I'd love to come down there and present and uh, maybe some stuff on uh, Azure Cloud Shell because that's a new kind of. Oh thing that I'm really interested in so but yeah that's a great group that they're they've got a lot of energy oh yes you know it's I mean it's a I
1: figured I would uh, take a I always love going to Chicago I'd take the chance to uh, get a train up there and uh, try to promote this for and uh, get it off on a good start Mm -hmm. plus it gives me an excuse to go back to Chicago there you go (laughs) there you go (laughs) so if yeah if you could uh, come Michael and then we get uh, Michael Green there and myself I mean this would be a great start to that group
2: yeah that'd be a great kickoff Right. So how do people find you, Mike? So the best way to find me is on Twitter. So at Michael Bender on Twitter. No, I'm not the (laughs) I'm not the uh, I believe he works for the the uh, either the Wall Street Journal or the Washington Post. I am not the (laughs) political reporter, (laughs) even though I get people I get all the time. People (laughs) will loop me in on these and they they're on these whole political. And I have to reply back. I'm. I'm actua- sometimes I'm nice about it, sometimes I'm not when the <laughs> people aren't kind of nasty. But I'm like okay, you're trying to make a you a big deal of yourself on on social media. Maybe you need a to right, to make sure you're actually talking to the right person. But at Michael Benders, the best way to 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 find to me find on you. Twitter. Um and uh, yeah, an email. Otherwise here, I'm going to be at the community events area all week at Ignite and you can find me at Microsoft too. Okay. Uh,
1: Great. Yeah. Same thing with us. Uh, Harjit and uh, are walking around, you'll see us. And yeah,
0: and we are heavy on Twitter as well. Um, so uh, you'll
1: find me at uh, on Twitter as at hooch h o o r g e, and you'll find me on Twitter at Mick Pletcher. Starts yep. with a P. Everybody yeah. gets <laughs> the, gets it mixed up with an F.
0: And yep. uh, so finally, uh, please subscribe to our, our show, our podcast, and uh, give us some feedback and, and the things that you want to hear about um, for future episodes. So, Mike, uh, it was a pleasure having you here. You gave us a lot of information and, and uh, lots of good advice to um, our listeners, and, and including us. Absolutely. So, all right. Have a great week.
2: And hey, uh, you too, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. It was awesome. Have yeah. a great week, everybody. Until next time. Definitely.
1: Until next time, everyone. Cheers. Cheers.